When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Reach and score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Riley takes the snap, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Early in the second period, the Blue Jackets are up 2-0 on the Maple Leafs. The Stars lead the Rangers 1-0. Penguins with a 2-1 edge over the Sabres. In the first period, Canadians up 1-0 on the Capitals. Mike Riley has the goal for the Habs. Panthers up 3-1 on Ottawa. That's late in the first. Still to come tonight, the Kings at the Blues. The Lightning face the Predators. Flames host the Golden Knights. And the Jets will play the Canucks. Great matchup in Monday Night Football. It kicks off in less than half an hour. Two 9-1 teams set to go head-to-head. Kansas City visiting the L.A. Rams. Could this be a Super Bowl preview? Excellent matchup on Monday night. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland will join me later on tonight. We'll also start ramping you up for the Grey Cup in Edmonton on Sunday. Nick Lewis, two-time Grey Cup champion, will pop on the show as well. So the Oilers, it is bleak. They are in crisis again, dare we say it. One and six in their last seven games. Uh, they were looking okay. They were looking okay last night, and then this happened. And now a lead pass, and Kajula at it. Glance off a skate. Here comes Eakin walking in. Shoots and scores. Short-handed goal. Alex Tuck weaves his way into the offensive zone. Patch ready. Centering pass. Tipped home. And just like that, Vegas has a 3-2 lead. Colin Miller to Marcheseau. Right circle. Rich shot. Score. 4-2. Vegas. The time... 4:33, and that's now three goals in a span of two minutes and 12 seconds. Jack Michaels good with his quick math. That turned it around. Oilers were up 2-1, then they trailed 4-2, and they lost 6-3. So 1-6 uh, in their last seven. They've been outscored 29-17 over that span. In just the six losses, they have been outscored 27-11. Their team save percentage, 891. That's 29th in the NHL during that span. And, of course, Cam Talbot on a personal five-game losing streak. His save percentage in those five losses, one of which he didn't finish the game, is just 840. 
five. So it is not looking good right now for the Oilers. They have dropped below 500 to 9, 10, and 1. They are sixth in a very mediocre Pacific Division with just a couple more wins. They'd be up there in uh, in third. Um, but as it is right now, they have a lot of work to do, and uh, there have been some games here lately that they have uh, been steamrolled pretty bad or steamrolled in parts of games. That's always a concern for me. And, I, I you know, I've, I've really watching, you know, sports lately. I mean, hockey and football are the sports I watch the most. When a team is not playing well, do they still kind of survive? And uh, the, the good teams are able to survive. And I feel like it's a bit of a rehash of what we saw with the Eskimos this summer. When it went out of control for them, it went out of control. They wouldn't lose a quarter 10-6. They would lose it 17 nothing, or get shut out in a half. And now we've seen some of that for the Oilers lately. Up 2-0 in Calgary, 2-1 going to the third. Should be a pretty good situation. I mean, barely touched the puck in the third period. Outshot 18-5. Calgary scored three times once into an empty net. They win the game. And then last night against Vegas, I thought, you know, overall a good first period by the Oilers. They played well early. They played well late after William Carlson tied it at one with just over seven minutes to go in the first period. Vegas didn't get a shot on goal after that. Edmonton went on the power play, got a big power play goal from Chase on. They're in decent shape. Power play early in the second period. Maybe you stretch it to 3-1. Okay, fine. Nugent Hopkins couldn't hack it into an open net there, slapping at a bouncing puck. All right, that's fine. Okay, sloppy, shorthanded goal. Uh, Goal in off Benning. Then you take a penalty, and then Vegas scores again, and Talbot not able to make those saves on, you know, well-placed shots, but they got to be stopped. You need need the saves. All the good shots can't go in, and uh, the Oilers have been held goaltended in a lot of these games as well, though I think there are a lot more problems than that. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text 63630. We have Randy standing by. Hi, Randy. Reed, hi. How you doing? Good. Listen, um, I went to the game last night with my family, extremely disappointed. Um, not only that the seats that we had were as high as the Stantec building, um, and after paying $500 for them, the entertainment value which we received last night was below subpar, substandard. I am extremely disappointed that we are playing or watching a team that doesn't even try. And that's what my biggest concern is. And yet, when you're watching the game, you see all the hype, you see all the, the promotions and everything else. As a fan, as a Jesse Hockey fan, I mean, what more does it take for this team to shake things up and to make things right? I mean, I'm watching people leave this game at 10 minutes left in the third period and they're swarming out. So what kind of an entertainment value and a dollar value are we getting for for this to watch this team pathetically move their way or get through this game, which was was okay at the first period, but it got completely lost, and I've seen no effort, including the top line, through the whole game. Um, comments? Well, I, I think you've expressed yourself pretty clear, Randy. I mean, I, I can't tell you... I can't tell you whether or not you should go to a game down the road or not. That's up to you how you spend your money and spend time with I'm your family. I'm a fan, but I'm, I'm saying for, my, for anybody's dollar value for entertainment, can you, can you honestly say if you paid $500 for four tickets and to see what happened last night, would you be uh, upset as well? Uh, as As someone who has spent money on sporting events, I recognize that 
when I spend that money, there's a chance my team might play poorly and lose the game. And I've been an Eskimo season's ticket holder since 1997, and I've seen some good teams and I've seen some pretty bad teams. So that's how I feel. That's how I feel like that as someone who has spent money on sports in the past. In, in the past, for Oilers fans, I mean they've been pl- they've been paying for a subpar or bad product for most of the last twenty five years. So I can't blame you for being upset. When is this going to change? I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't sit here and promise you it's going to change. I mean, it hasn't changed yet. So when when do you think it's going to change? It should have changed five years ago. Should it? Should, should have changed twenty years ago, Randy. Should have changed and, uh, 20 I'm years ago. Somebody in, uh, on the upper echelons can uh, at least do something to make this happen and to get this team to move forward and uh, to actually try when they get on the ice. Randy, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks, Dewey. Uh, Take care. All right. I, I will say this about uh, about the effort level. I, I think that if, if players make the NHL, uh, they are they are trying. Uh, I mean, teams don't always have a consistent uh, effort level, energy level every night. I, I think the, the part of the problem for the Oilers is, is they're spending their energy in in unproductive areas, and and we've talked about this a lot. Cheating for offense. I mean, they get nervous and hesitant in their own end. They don't get involved in 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 puck battles, and they wind up being behind the play. Um, so I don't think they're going out there saying, well, okay, I'm only going to try 50%, but, but I, I think the energy gets spent in, in non-productive areas, and maybe you spend a little too much energy trying to gamble or make low-percentage plays uh, as opposed to committing to doing things that are, are going to result in, uh, in positive plays for your team. All right. 780-496-0063. Jim is on the line. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I just like to comment on Todd McClellan. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like Todd, but I, I'm questioning his ability now because he doesn't recognize when it's time to pull a goalie. He should have pulled him after the second and definitely after the third goal yesterday, even last season, at the end of the season when we had Montoya. So many games when it didn't matter what happened for the Oilers because they weren't making it anywhere and they had they, they, they couldn't make a difference anyhow. Why not start Montoya at that point in time? But no, he went back to Talbot, and he's doing the same thing again now. Like, they need a rivalry when it comes to the goaltending, and it needs to start right now. Talbot needs a wake-up call, and McCullough needs to, 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 to bring it forward. Well, I, I think you got to start Koskinen tomorrow. I mean, I'd, I'd be inclined. I mean, they're not going to come out and say it. I'd be inclined to start Koskinen in every game on this road trip, even if he has exactly. a rough, rough game. I, I think with Talbot, Jim... And I'm just telling you what I see from observations and things that are said. I think they're trying to give Talbot every chance in the world to get his game back on track, but they're at the point where they can't do that in games. You know, they they like Koskinen didn't play the first eight games of the season. Well, what was he doing? He was practicing as you know what off, and for the most yep. part, it's paid off. So maybe Talbot yep. needs that time to just not play and, and and calm down because if they are going to do anything this year. They will need both goalies because Absolutely. I I haven't seen Koskinen play an entire year in the NHL, and I know for a fact you haven't either because no, no nobody has. <laughs> so they're gonna need they're gonna need Talbot. Jim, All thanks right. for calling. Thank you. All right, uh, some people texting in about uh, Joel Quenville. Uh, I I would tell you to forget about it. All right, that that would be 
my my short answer this has been talked about it there's people who you know 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 Joel or who would move in those circles have been asked about it if Todd McClellan is dismissed in the near or medium future I believe it would be highly unlikely that that Joel Quenville would be the the next coach I, I don't blame you for asking I understand the appeal there but the the word out there from from people who would probably know the most is that it's unlikely he's going to coach again this year. Now, I'll never say impossible. I'll never write anything off in the world of sports. We've all seen things happen we didn't expect. Um, but I would think if you're holding your breath for Joel Quenville to come coach the team, um, you may be holding it for a dangerously long time. And it also doesn't change the problems that exist on the roster either. It's six We'll take a quick timeout inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair uh, repair. I just made up a new word. Furnace repair and replacement specialists call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow, so I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7. Face-off show will start at 7. Game will be at 8.30. You're all going to be tuckered out by the end of that one. You better have a nap when you get home from work. Or just take Wednesday off. Tell your boss Wilkie said it's okay. 780-496-0063. Hi, Terry. How you doing? Doing great. So my finger points at Shirelli. We got a hockey. Well, and you know McClellan too, because they they're not they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They don't don't play Puliarvi because they said he, that he's not playing up to standards. Well, why is Milan Lucic playing hockey? Because he's getting uh, well, six think, million I, dollars I, a year, I right? Think, I, he's yeah, doing I nothing. Think, I think you know the answer to why the players aren't treated the same, Terry. Well, but it uh, then don't tell us that they are. They tell us that you have to perform to play. Well, the, that was a bit. He's back to last season. Sorry, he's he's worse. He's eight percent of their payroll is paid to Milan Lucic, who is doing absolutely nothing for the hockey team. Absolutely nothing. Maybe he's great in the dressing room, but on the ice, he's doing nothing. Yeah, well, like, it hurts like, the team badly like, because they miss. That's a that's a big chunk of money that is doing nothing. Well, absolutely, right now. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he scores less than a fourth liner. I I, I hear well, what you're saying, but you know they so, can't. You know they can't send him to the to the minors. Like well, they, no, but it, it, you may as well put him upstairs at this point. Well, maybe, maybe they will. What else, What's your other point? Well, and and it's just the whole drafting. Wouldn't uh, the fourth pick from Calgary Kachuk look pretty good in an Oilers uniform? Instead of Puyarbi that can't do anything in the third year of his contract? Well, they could have had Sergachev there, too. I sooner would have taken the defenseman with some offensive ability. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We have Mike on the line. Go ahead, Mike. Jerry, how you doing? I, I'm doing great, man. I'm good, good. Just uh, two things. Zach Cassian, I like the guy. But if the guy, I mean, he's too emotional, man. Like, I mean, he cost us that game against Chuck, I think, personally. You know, I mean, yeah, you want to fight him, you want to, you want him to engage, but me, pay the guy, pump the gloves with the guy, still got his gloves on, take a couple of hits, 
six or four minute penalty. You know, that's what he wanted. He dragged him in there. Like, I mean, the guy's costed us. Like, he plays with emotion, which is great. He's got to control his emotion. So, in my opinion, this guy's got to go. Second of all, Todd McCollin, I mean, I, thought, I never thought I would see this. I was slapped when they got him. One thing I was really fucking did put him. Man, you can't just keep changing up lines constantly. How are these guys supposed to get any chemistry going with each other? That's the first thing Connor McDavid said. You're like, I would like to at least have, know who's going to be my line mate throughout the whole season. And Tom McCollum, just every time they have a bad shift or they got to go all over, so it's like he doesn't know what he's doing. I might as well be coaching. That's totally frustrating with fan. I mean, sure, you don't want to see him lose, but, man, you know, like, you, you got to let these guys build some chemistry. They're still young. They're never going to... I'm never going to find any chemistry if I keep shuffling them like that, too. So that's my opinion. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. This texter says, Peter Shirelli has not supplied the coach with a team with enough depth. They need stronger wingers. Uh, Rob says, how about Mike Keenan? He would light some fires. I hope that is not a serious text. Jeremy from Glendon at McEwen. I saw Jeremy at the game last night. He says, uh, McClellan and Shirelli deserve their share of the blame for this losing, but look at the organization as a whole. We're seeing just how bad the lack of drafting previous to 2015 is killing us. The oldest guy we have on our roster that the Oilers drafted is uh, Nuge at 25. Uh, well, I guess uh, well Leon would be younger than that. He was drafted as well. But, uh, yes, I mean, that's what I was referencing earlier as well. This is a, uh, a, a long-standing history of, uh, of failure with the Oilers, and uh, bad drafting has been uh, part of it. Uh, the, the odd thing is about Peter Shirelli, his the report card on his drafting, he, he probably won't be the GM by, we, by the time we, he, we truly know how well he, he did or didn't draft. Um, but I think some of the other moves we've uh, we've already seen. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We're going to break for the 6.30 news. I look forward to your sober and mature comments on your favorite hockey team. The Rams are on the board, leading the Chiefs 6-0. They're only three minutes in. Chiefs have the ball now. Keep you updated on that one. Good Monday nighter. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Second period, Blue Jackets lead the Maple Leafs 2-1. Stars and Rangers tied 1-1. Penguins up 4-2 on the Sabres. Tanner Pearson has scored for the Penguins. After the first period, Capitals lead the Canadians 2-1. In the first period, Panthers with a 3-1 lead on the Senators. No score, Kings and Blues lightening up 1-0 on the Predators. There's a good matchup. Golden Knights and Flames at 7. Jets and Canucks at 8 o'clock. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard throughout Inside Sports. Oilers tomorrow at San Jose. 7 o'clock face-off show. Game will be at 8.30. And then remember, Friday's game is a matinee because of American Thanksgiving. It'll start at 2, so uh, we'll start the face-off show during the Oilers now time slot at noon. Rams up 6-0 on the Chiefs. They're uh, just past the 5-minute mark of the first quarter.
All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. The Oilers are in trouble. They're one and six in their last seven. They are nine, ten, and one on the year. So we're uh, a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, I, I am not by any means uh, writing off their playoff chances because they're in a division that uh, isn't that strong, but they got to start winning these divisional games and obviously go on a little bit of a burst here to uh, keep from slipping away from the pack. Brian is called in. Hello, Brian. Hey, Reed. How's it going tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, so I, you know, I will agree with the la- that last caller as far as, you know, with Todd McClellan, it has been an ongoing problem that I've had with him as, as to not allowing lines to get the proper chemistry. But here's my big problem, especially after this weekend. I don't even know what he's – I don't know if he's been taking lessons from Jason Moss or something, but – why would it be that after after like at the Calgary game, once things have calmed down and calmer heads have prevailed, not that I didn't mind the old battle of the Alberta uh, scenario that we had in the first period, why would you keep Lucic on that line? Yes, I, I, I agree with you there. And Rob and I talked about that after Saturday's game. For the third period, I, I, I mean... I'm, uh, as as we know, Brian, I've never coached an NHL game, but I, I would have thought you would have gone back to Kajula. I think some of the other line movement is that the, I mean, the roster is not very good, so he's trying to find something that works. No, and, and I can appreciate that, but you know, you've, you've got if you've got one line that is clicking, why mess around with it? Now, my my second question has to deal with last night's game. Now, once it got to four-two, and they scored, and, and uh, they scored three goals on Talbot in two minutes and what, twelve seconds. Why would you not take the opportunity, call a timeout, get your team together, and second of all, Talbot just hasn't been—he hasn't been doing the job. Let's call a spade a spade, and you know, let let get, get Miko in. Well, I think Miko will play tomorrow, and, and like I said earlier on the show, I, I'd be prepared. I know the coach wouldn't come out and say this, but I'd be prepared to think, okay, I'm probably going to play him every game in California unless something disastrous happens and, and give Talbot some time to, to sit back and not be in there because he doesn't but look I, very good. But I will make one prediction quick, and then I'll, I'll let you get on with other callers, and that is that if they don't put something together in this California road trip and get back to 500 by the end of it, I say, you know what, Todd McClellan has got to go, and uh, you know, let's bring someone. Let's bring Quenville in. He did a lot of good stuff. I don't think Quenville's coming here, Brian. I don't think he's coaching again this year. I mean, people ask me about him all the time. I don't. I don't think he's coaching this year. I think he takes the year off. So there's going to have to be another candidate, most likely. Anything can happen. You have yourself a great night. That's Reed. true. All right, that is Brian. We now have John calling in. Hi, John. Hey. Okay, you know, I've been listening to these guys, and, and I hear the same old story over and over again. And, and you know, and a lot of them are blaming the coach, you know. And, uh, and Todd McClellan is a good coach. You know, he's, he's, he's a proven coach. But when you've got nobody to work with, and you know yourself, you watch what we've got for our team now. You can only depend on, what, two players to do all your scoring for you? Come on. Shirelli... Since day one, he screwed up this team and he put him back five years. 
it's going to take another five years to rebuild this team to where we have a contender again. I am sorry, but, you know, I, I, I've had season tickets since 79, and, and then we moved out of Edmonton. But there's still a group of us that still have tickets out here. And we're seriously thinking of giving up our tickets. Because by the time we drive into Edmonton and everything else, we just can't, you know, uh, to, to go watch a, a performance like this. And then some of these players shouldn't even be in the NHL, I don't, I don't think. I think they should be back in the farm system. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks, John. See you at 780-496-0063. Doug is on the line. Hello, Doug. Hey, Reed. Um, I just hope the Milan Lucic experiment is uh, done and over with. Uh, I hope they bury him on the fourth line and never let him back up for any air unless we're playing Calgary again. Uh, I think it was a good move moving him up to match the lines uh, early in the game, but as the game progressed, I think that uh, a coach that uh, a better coach would have recognized the, the swing in the game and moved him back down. Um, I realize we're paying him a lot of money and uh, everything was rosy when I first signed him, but he just, he just doesn't have what it takes and uh I, all right so let me ask you this i mean he's on the he's on the team for the rest of the season would you buy him out in june or whatever that window opens no no the uh contract's too heavy uh we'll be paying for that for a while i mean we need every bit of cap space we can get uh i think he does serve a role on the team uh on the fourth line leave him there don't let him come up um and like ryan reeves not that the two are directly comparable. Reeves can skate better, and uh, he can actually score a goal or two now and then. But uh, he knows his role, and he excels at it. And I think that Lucic needs to recognize where his game is at now as, a pair, as compared to 10 years ago. And, uh, yeah, that's all i got to say about that. All right. Appreciate it, Doug. 780 you can also uh, text 63630. Uh, this texter says, uh, Oilers fans need to chill 20 games into the season, only two of them against the Pacific Division. Give Koskinen the net and see what happens. I see a turnaround coming, just have to be patient. Uh, this texter says, who would be, uh, uh, Luis, who would be easy to replace, Shirelli or McClellan? Well, usually the coach is easy to replace. I don't know if that'd be the right decision, but that's... Uh, that's uh, usually how it goes. Uh, Keith says, I'd like to know how many actual Oiler players would say Milan Lucic is doing absolutely nothing. I would bet not a one, and I don't think you should let people vent like that without at least challenging them on what he does do. Only when the Oilers learn not to give a crap about the so-called fans in your city and all the background noise and play for themselves and not a desperate city full of hater fans looking for scapegoats, will they truly learn how to win? There is a passionate text from Keith. All right, Brett's on line five. Go ahead, Brett. Hey, Reed, how's it going? I'm having a great night. Good. A lot of Lucci haters out there. I, I wanted to talk about my boy Cassian. You know, that fourth line really steps up on the nights where things get going and things get tough. You take it back two years when we beat San Jose. Brent Burns was looking over his shoulder like a freight train was going to put him through the end of the boards. Having that kind of emotion on your team is hard to find. And you know what? I, I just hate to see uh, people pick on Cassin like that. He is an emotional player, 
but I've been to four or five games this year. The Nashville one was a sleeper. But those are the guys that that fourth line will, will turn the puck over and get something going. So, again, you know, there's a lot of other problems on this team, I think, other than the fourth line. You talk about D.L. Knight and Lucic, but they got to figure out in December. If December goes by the wayside, it always happens, right? So, again, hopefully they can pick it out. The last comment I'll make is it's time to make some ugly moves. It's, it's not a popularity contest, and I know they're probably trying to move some pieces, and it's not easy right now because the other team's got it over us. But unfortunately, if they don't make some moves, we're just going to end up out of the playoffs, and I hate to see it. But yeah, I So mean, what kind of moves are you talking about? Firing somebody or trading somebody big? I, I think it's Shirelli. I really do. like, And I, I hate to say it. It's, it's easy to sit back and pick apart all the moves that he's made. But you know what? We had some really good players on this team that got moved out as well, too. And unfortunately, with Strom, that was another situation that didn't pan out. But you know what? It's not a popularity contest. And you know what? I don't think McClellan is the issue. I think is we got to get some better personnel in here. And it's, again, if the guys aren't going to play... You might have to, I don't know, buy out Lucic. You know, that's not a, a popular financial decision, but you know what? we got to do something. Then you know what? Maybe it's a, a new GM with a new a new attitude, right? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I've said this a, a lot recently. I think McClellan has done a better job coaching the team than Shirelli has done managing it. I, I mean, I'm at the point where I, I don't even want to – I mean, you can pick apart individual moves all you want. True. All I know is for all the stuff that he's done – they're missing a couple of forwards with skill, and they're missing an, a defenseman with more offensive potential. So I don't well, know. What, I don't know what you could have done to specifically get that, but he's done a lot over the last three years that hasn't ha, hasn't led to having one of those types of players. Well, they they got a tough time putting sixty minutes together. They're working on that. At least they're getting the the first goal in the game. But again, I mean, we can talk defensively. I know everyone loves dry sidle. I mean, if he wasn't potting as many pucks as he is, sometimes on the other side of the puck, he is a liability. So I know oh well, yeah. I, I, and, and last night, I didn't think anybody checked very well. You know, <laughs> like no, like even you know, Connor was cheating for offense too, uh, and uh, Leon has had that problem. He's been pretty off and on with his checking. Though those guys at least score. I mean, I still think the biggest weakness on the team are, are is lines two and three. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's not the fourth line, and it ain't the first line. It's, the it's, fourth it's line great. is fine. It's an average NHL fourth line. You know, they yeah. of course sometimes they have a bad game. That's why they're fourth liners. If but when you agree, when things get going, they can open up a game. They turn it over. The fans actually get into the game, and uh, they actually get something going right. So again, with, when you get down the stretch and you actually come out of the first round of the playoffs, you want to make sure you got the big Jujar. Casting and Brodzik, because those are the guys that are going to lay it down and open up the ice for the first, second, third lines, right? It ain't going to be the other way. And looking how Anaheim owned us in the playoffs, I mean, that's the line that's going to help you out, right? So again, I, I agree, it's the second and third line. But Brett, I, do I you uh, do you have any interest in going to fast track indoor karting? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah I got two. Ta- I got two passes for you. Hang on the line, and Kellen will take down your info. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. The 
All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You will still hear from uh, Edmonton Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland as we move along tonight. You'll also catch up with Nick Lewis, two-time Grey Cup champion. He'll give you his breakdown of the two-division finals over the weekend, relate some of his Grey Cup experiences, and uh, give you a quick handicap of the big game coming up on Sunday right here in Edmonton between Ottawa and their opponent as Kansas City gets a touchdown, 325 left in the first quarter. Rams up 13-6. Tyreek Hill, 25-yard touchdown pass, uh, receiving it from Patrick Mahomes. It is 651. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Talking about the Edmonton Oilers. They're not looking good. They have one win in their last seven games. They started 0-2. Then they went 8-2-1, a very good 11-game stretch. 1-6 since then. And the cushion they had has completely disappeared. Dean, go ahead. Hey, hello. Uh, what I'm thinking is uh, if the Oilers tank again, uh, when McDavid and Nuge go to their age and say, okay, I've had enough of this, get me out of here. What do you think about that? Well, what do you mean, what do I think about it? I think that that well, would... Well, do you think that, that could happen or if they just had enough of this and like put me on a contender, I, 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 I want to get out of here. Well, has it has it happened with anybody else here in the past, recently? Not that I can remember, but I'm just you know, I can only take so much. It's like wasting his talent here if they don't get their if they don't get their poop in a group pretty quick. Yeah, well, I used to get asked this about Taylor Hall all the time, and when he got traded, it wasn't because he got asked to be traded; it was because he was traded. Uh, yeah, well, I still he, think we'd he, be. I, th- I still think hypothetically we'd be a ways away from that happening. Well, is that what you would do if you were one of them? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in that position, but you know what? It, you know the guy's just the best player in the world on a not a very good team so far. So it'd be sad, but uh, you know anything could happen. Like your other caller said, who knows, right? All right, thanks, Dean. James on line two. Go ahead, James. Hi, Reed. I have a comment and a quick question for you, if you don't mind. Uh, first of all, um, winning is, uh, to me, a team is basically like a living organism. Um, everybody has to uh, pull in, uh, in the right direction in order to win. And uh, in, in my opinion, uh, it's too simplistic to identify a coach as the problem or this player as the problem. But it's, it's, it's more complex than that. It's, you were commenting about drafting earlier, and uh, I actually think uh, Shirelli has done a pretty good job of drafting. Uh, but that's, that's to be determined. But uh, my, my, my comment was, um, so uh, as far as coaching goes, and Lucic is getting a lot of iron, in my, in my opinion, the coach needs to find a role for him. And it's not just enforcer, you know, like protecting guys, which, of course, he's also getting paid to do, and no one seems to be recognizing that. But I, but I think also uh, it's important to find a role for him to how to contribute uh, more offensively. And one thing I've always... I never understood is why he's, he likes to, on the power play, he stands in front of the net, which is exactly his, the right place for him. But he doesn't, he's not good at deflecting. He actually, I find him uh, moving out of the way. Yes, he moves goalie, out of the way all the time. Rob, to, Rob complains about that all the time. Yes, he, he moves out of the way, and, uh, and he, his role is actually to block the uh, goalie's vision. And uh, he needs to take a page out of Ryan Smith's book, and uh, where Ryan Smith, my understanding is that Ryan practiced every practice. He practiced deflections. Did he not? I, I didn't cover the team when Ryan was here. 
Uh, I, I am pretty sure I heard uh, many times that uh, comments uh, that Ryan Smith was that's exactly that, that was his bread and butter, standing in front of the net and being a pest and uh, deflecting the pucks. And, and I think Chris Draper did that very successfully too. And there's a number of players in the NHL. I don't understand uh, why uh, the, the, this coach doesn't see that. That's clearly Lucic's strength because he's big, mean, he's hard to move, and uh, you know uh, the, the, a lot of these guys get the lumber on their back you know, standing there. Well, you can't do that to Lucic too many times because he's going to turn around and he's going to clock you if you if you do that too much too much all right so uh, uh, in my opinion he needs to stand there and practice and he needs to do two, two or three okay. buckets every practice deflecting okay i gotta move on james thanks a lot for the call and we also have gary standing by gary you got about uh, 40 seconds here man yeah just just quick couple of comments lutic's got to go and shirelli's got to go he tore this team down to nothing uh they're down to a first line and that's it yeah i asked a friend of mine today I said, name name the top six players that you put there. He could only name three, and I don't blame him. Yeah, well, Alex Chason's the fourth biggest threat to score, so I don't know if that's a credit to Alex Chason or an indictment of the Oilers, but there you go. You know go. what? He's playing really good, but he's, I don't He's know doing his job. I mean, last. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's shooting a high percentage right now, but it's, it's a good thing they've had him because he when they won those 8 out of 11, Chason was a big part of a couple of those wins, so at least he's found a way to to make himself relevant. Thanks for calling, yeah. Gary. Okay, thank you. All right. I appreciate all the comments tonight. Obviously, uh, a lot of phone calls. I do prioritize the phone calls over the texts. I read some of your texts, uh, and I do read all of them to myself, so thank you to everybody who wrote in tonight. Uh, to somebody who wrote in, I do not think the Oilers are doing bad because they switched to orange jerseys. I don't believe in stuff like that. The Fizzler, thank you for your text. I always appreciate hearing from you. I know you love Bob more than me, though. We're going to break for the 7 o'clock news. Hey, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. The general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos is Brock Sunderland. And when actually speaking of Alex Chason, I'm going to play uh, his comments from after the game last night. I thought they were pretty interesting. That's all ahead. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.